aka Powders, join me as we discuss the greatest movie that came out in the year 1992. It got zero Oscars. It should have swept every single category. If you haven't read the headline, if you haven't seen the thumbnail of this episode, I'm bringing to you today the last of the Mohicans. A.K.A. Patters. Welcome to it. So we're going to kind of start numbering the episodes. We may not do a 600 episode landmark type reflection, new, you know, like discussion type episode. Welcome to episode 616 of A.K.A. Patters, the Film Puff Podcast. We are smack middle in, well, not really. We're kind of the beginning of Indigenous Peoples Month. November, a.k.a. Thanksgiving. We're going to do a couple things coming up. We're going to do Indigenous Peoples movie. Just because, like this movie, like this movie today, there's great Native American movies out there. These are made by fantastic filmmakers. People who are in love with the history of such. And everything I bring to you is presented as that. But we're also going to do Thanks Flicking. And Thanks Flicking is my annual event where I talk to all of you about the movies I'm thankful for. I was going to roll the two of them together, but we're just going to do some Thanks Flicking Indigenous People movies this month. And we're going to roll in the films I'm thankful for. I'm kind of merging the two. We're going to see how this goes. And this is all in... And uh, I'm in makeup mode for last year because I just feel like I didn't even get there last year because we were still in the 31 Days of Dread. But aka Pat here, people, thank you so much for joining me. Thank you for handling some of those quick updates. We got a great one today. And we have a great one from Great Ones. Uh, Everyone involved with this movie is in the absolute height of their power. I'm talking to you, Michael Mann. We talked about him before. He's one of today's most modern top filmmakers. Got a movie, uh, Ferrari, coming out next year or later this year. Haven't seen it yet. Previously, 2015, Black Hat. I haven't seen that yet, but that, that stars Thor. But let's go from 2009 all the way to his first film, Thief, 1981. We're going to talk about this movie, but if you all know real quick about the plot of Last of the Mohicans, we're dealing with the the English and the French, the British-French War, or the, the Indian War. Both sides are recruiting tribes for their own purposes. The tribes are trying to use the British and the French to gain one-upsmanship on other tribes and those two. It's the background of this movie is a wonderful chess match. Within a war within a war within a war, we find love. Two women are kidnapped. They fall in love with Daniel Day-Lewis and another individual. So we get two couples falling in love. And then in so, we have gut-wrenching tragedy as we fight to keep ourselves alive. We're moving into great locations. We have a fort that gets bombarded. We have the amazing wilderness. And we have a absolute complete movie. 
movie that I used to watch a lot when I, I, I when I was younger. I used to watch this movie all the time. So many of the parts of this movie just resonated when I was rewatching it. And I realized exactly where this movie is. What this movie is doing. And when I go through the class of other films that came out around this time. You know, we see great uh, PR. We see great advertising campaigns. We see great hype. Uh, you know, we do see a lot of these film studios develop a absolute vested interest in their Oscar contenders. And they keep those movies relevant no matter what. There's a little bit of fog and mirrors there. Last of the Mohicans was always, always a go-to movie. Because we still made over $100 million at the box office. But this was always a successful movie. What, if there ever was a DVD, like Best Of, or Studio Edition level DVD, or VHS, Lace and Mohicans got released. But when it comes to accolades, when it comes to the Oscars, when it comes to uh, what we're pretty much forced to pay attention to. And, and this was a time where the Oscars was absolutely savage, competitive. Uh, every single category was a dogfight outside of best actress and supporting actress. Uh, I have long said that both of those categories should be limited to limited to uh, three slots per category. Uh, even to this day, it's th there's just not enough meat on the bone to fill in uh, the best actress category. Uh, I am firm on every single Oscar category should be. Uh, three to five nominations. Special effects should be always five. Uh, that's amazing that we still get three nominations for special effects. But we're in a highly competitive period. And we go through the people who made this movie. Now, we're going to get back to the Oscars. We know the plot. This is Romeo and Juliet in... In a confusing time. Romeo and Juliet needs to have a setting of a confusing time. This movie just works. This movie sings. This movie is absolutely perfect. This movie is a must watch. You have to watch this movie. You have to understand that if you don't appreciate this movie. It's almost like, uh, you know, like you can't come to the table. There's some things we all have to agree on just so as a society we can move forward. Michael Mann, this is our director. 1981, he directs James Caan in Thief. This is a one of my favorite crime movies of all time. 1983, he gets into the metaphysical horror, psychological horror in The Keep. 1986, he directs his own Undoing. The movie that is to smash him in the 92-93 Oscars is, oh, I'm sorry, he doesn't, it is the year before, but he directs Manhunter. Manhunter later becomes Silence of the Lambs. The previous year uh, in, in the Academy, the, the Silence of the Lambs did the famous 4-4. Best Picture, Best Director, Best Actor, Best Actress. Uh, I believe it's it's the only film to do that since. 1992, his first film of the 90s, and his movies of the 90s are 
absolutely to die for. We can argue what he did in the 80s is boiled down perfection between the thief, between thief, the keep, and main hunter. Mid-budget masterpieces. But then we get into the money. We get into Hollywood. Michael Mann has arrived. 1992, Last of the Mohicans. 1995, we spoke about this movie a lot, people. Heat. 1999, The Insider. We get into 2000s. More Oscar bait. Ali talked about this. Uh, Ali is his only movie I cannot make I cannot make it through Ali. I don't know why. 2004 the at this point the absolute overlooked Tom Cruise Dreamwork Pictures. We always highlight Dreamwork Pictures. Collateral 2000, 2006 maybe the best TV show live you know TV series movie update or transfer or just reboot Miami Vice uh my friend uh Mark uh, Mark and I, we absolutely love this movie. We talk, we still talk about it. 2009, the already forgotten Public Enemies. 2015, his only film I have not seen. I believe I've, I believe I tried watching this. Black Hat. So Black Hat, to give you a little bit of a background, you're two types of hacker. In the hacker world, you're Black Hat or Red Hat. And you identify uh, which hat you wear. One's a good hacker, one's a bad hacker. And then 2023, we have Ferrari. Every single one of these movies that I named. And Ali has his accolades. But there's nothing missing from any of these movies. It's just hard for me to watch Will Smith uh, putting doing his Ali impersonation. I don't know why. Ali is so tough for me to, to get through. I've tried a few times. Christopher Crowe, he's our screenwriter, co-screenwriter. After Lace of the Mohicans, he follows up with an absolute banger with Mark Wahlberg and getting back to Alicia Silverstone, or I'm sorry, Reese Witherspoon. Fear. He's got a TV career. 2004. He writes Homeland Security TV film. So he's been, you know, like, I don't like seeing that. That upsets me. But he's 80s to late 90s. Dante Spinotti. This is our cinematographer. True Colors, Hudson Hawk. Lace of the Mohicans. The Secret of the Old Woods. Blink. Neil. Heat. Quick and the Dead. I absolutely love the look of the Quick and the Dead. L.A. Confidential. The Insider. Family Man. Wonder Boys. God, I love how Wonder Boys looks. X-Men. The Last Stand. Love how that movie looks. Public Enemy. So he's... This is Michael Mann's guy. And this dude is nothing but an absolute weapon. Red Dragon, The Contract, Flesh of Genius, Tower Heist 2, another Brett Ratner movie, Hercules, Brett Ratner. He's a Brett Ratner, Michael Mann guy. He's done a ton of other stuff. Trevor Jones, 
one of our two film scorers. Or errs. You guys know I absolutely love Trevor Jones from Excalibur and The Dark Crystal. I think his uh, theme for both of those movies, but especially Dark Crystal, is absolute perfection. I was saying 82, he should have been nominated at least for Dark Crystal. Excalibur, Time Bandits, Runaway Train, Labyrinth, Angel Heart. Mississippi Burning, Bad Influence, Arachnophobia, Free Jack, Cliffhanger, Lace of the Mohicans, this guy, G.I. Jane, Desperate Measures, Dark City. He's maybe one, top three, the best you never heard of when it comes to film score. His music in this movie, though, the cinematography you can imagine, right? The hills, the green. The mountains, right? Cinematography-wise, Dante shoots a couple scenes in the darkness. We're on the river. We're in the darkness. Our uh, fortress is getting destroyed by the French. We're in darkness. Michael Mann shoots in the dark unlike any other. Trevor Jones scores his way into... It's his themes. The themes in this movie... Are so good. They're ingrained in you. There's so many of these like slow motion running shots. Or shots of people pursuing and running up hills. And there's just like this. Right. Where we're just like with these characters. And they're, they're, they're just everything's out of grasp. And they're running to catch up. And they're running to catch up. It's only better with the music. Randy Edelman. This is our second film composer. Well, he gave us Dennis the Menace, Ghostbusters 2, Troop of Beverly Hills, Drop Dead Fred. This is a studio of a studio guy. The Mask, Citizen X, Billy Madison. It's a career boy. What's his most recent movie? 2021. Skelly. 2019. Backdraft 2. Jeez, I am sorry. He... He gets out of the studio. I mean, maybe his last big movie, 2008, The Mummy, Tomb of the Dragon Warrior, 2008, 24 Dresses. Could be getting old. He could be, you know, maybe moved into television. He does have a television background. But maybe not. You know, he, his time could have passed. He could have slowed down. We don't know what these guys are doing all the time. He is 76 years old. Daniel Day-Lewis. Let's get into... His filmography. Because he's. He picks and chooses. So. 1989. My Left Foot. This is the movie that puts him on the map. Lace of the Mohicans. He plays Hawkeye. This is our guy. He's got this great scene where he. The way how he looks. In this movie. Is one half. It's one half of the performance. But he walks into. The tribe, the village that wants him dead, they have his girls, or his girl, one of their friends, this other British guy that gets rejected in (laughs) the early scenes of the movie. But he walks in with a peace belt, a peace offering to negotiate, to really sacrifice himself to save the girl and everyone that was recently captured. 
And as he's making his way to the tribal chief, he is attacked. He gets attacked three times. And you kind of see these attacks as deterrence, meaning uh, fight back, but he's there to talk. So you got to take the pain, you got to take the hits. Gets cut, he gets knocked down, he gets bashed in the back of the head, he gets up, and, uh, you know, does a pretty good negotiation at that point. In that scene, he looks so strong. He looks powerful. It is the definition of physicality equals character. Especially when you have a movie to sell. Meaning, not the poster, guys. Not the not the marketing. I mean, when you're s- sitting down, you're in the darkness, you're watching this movie. Everything you see is only for so long on screen. And you see it one time. And you have to sell it. It needs to be sold to the audience. He sells his character's confidence. His fortitude. How right he is in this moment. He sells it and we feel it and we believe it. 93. What a banger. Jeez, the next year, I didn't even realize this. The Age of Innocence with Martin Scorsese in the name of the Father. Then we get into The Crucible, The Boxer, more Oscar bait. Then five years go by, another Oscar bait. This is where the legend of Daniel Day-Lewis just explodes. Gangs of New York, another Martin Scorsese movie. The Ballad of Jack and Ross, or Rose, sorry. There Will Be Blood, The Forgotten, Nine. I I absolutely love Nine, by the way. Then we're at Lincoln, more Oscar bait. Then we're at 2017, Phantom Thread, more Oscar bait. That would be his... He's he's made movies. Two movies with Martin Scorsese. Two movies with Jim Sheridan. Two movies with Paul Thomas Anderson. He's made a movie with Philip Kaufman. He is the director's actor. He really is. And I vaguely, I would have to verify, but I believe people didn't like him being a Native American in this movie. Uh, it would not get made today. They would say it is, we're in the movie that's being whitewashed. These are the credits of the movie, everyone. The movie was made for $40 million. Box office, $143 million. But what happens at the Academy? Let's just go actor in a leading role. Didn't win, but nominated. Denzel Washington, Malcolm X. Didn't win, but nominated. Stephen Ray, The Crying Game. Didn't win, but nominated. Clint Eastwood, Unforgiven. Didn't win, but nominated. Robert Downey Jr., Chaplin. Nominated and won. Al Pacino, Scent of a Woman. hoo Right? Between Malcolm X and Chaplin, right? We have impersonations. Alright, I get it. But when we're just copying things, it's, you know, 
it should be a notch down. Should Daniel Day-Lewis be nominated? Yes. Best actress in the leading role. Madeline Stowe. We're not going to go through her filmography. Susan Sarandon. Lorenzo Zoriel. Michelle Pfeiffer. Love Field. Mary McDonald. Passionfish. Catherine Deneveux. Indochine. <laughs> Emma Thompson. Howardson. Yes, there's room for Madeline Stowe. Madeline Stowe. You believe that she's in love with this guy. You believe it. Uh, art direction is maybe the greatest tragedy of all this. <laughs> that I haven't already spoken about. Because Howard's, Howard's ends wins. But we get Brain Soaker's Dracula. Yeah. That should have won. But we, we get Chaplin, Toys, and Unforgiven. <coughs> Cinematography. The Lover, Howard's End, Hoffa, Unforgiven, The Winner, A River Runs Through It. People, River Runs Through It, I get it, more Golden Hour stuff, but when it comes to um, uh, the technical side, you just got to give it to, uh, they have the camera, they have perfect lighting in places you don't even know they could put a film set. We have a lot of darkness also. River runs through it. Meh. Costume design. I'm also in shock. Because we get Malcolm X. Toys. Howard's in. Enchanted April. Winner. Brain Soakers. Dracula. I don't understand. This movie looks like. I mean. If you put some film grain on this. And, and some snap zooms. Lace and Mohicans. Looks like it's a freaking documentary. Let's talk about directing. Scent of a Woman, Martin Brest. Nominated. The player, Robert Altman. I absolutely love the player, but come on. Howard Zen, James Ivory. The Crying Game, Neil Jordan. Winner, Unforgiven, Clint Eastwood. People, come on. Unforgiven has not resonated, by the way. It's a great movie. It's one of the best. But it's not this go-to movie like it once was. Music. Original score. This is probably going to make me the most frustrating. River Runs Through It. Mark Isham. Howard's End. Richard Robbins. Chaplin. John Barry. John Barry's theme. The theme for Chaplin. Is masterful. I do. I do love everything John Barry did. With Chaplin. Another one, Basic Instinct, Jerry Goldsmith. The opening credits alone. Winner, Aladdin, Alan Menken. <laughs> Here we go, guys. Best picture, Scent of a Woman, Howard's End, A Few Good Men, The Crying Game, and the winner, Unforgiven. Look, people, Unforgiven uh, shook up a lot of people. Unforgiven in a larger sense period, drama, historical drama it could have stolen the light away from Lace of the Mohicans Lace of the Mohicans is also potentially a subject matter people would want to shy away from I'm sorry, but you know we have to consider that 
the nominations and how it's spread around during this time in Oscar history, uh, it, seems, it just seems a little bit more balanced. seems a little bit more targeted. That's fine. But we can... <laughs> we, we can't take away Howard's end, maybe? Or Son of a Woman? At least Son of a Woman put this movie in there. Jeez. It's madness. Uh, I think when it comes to movies and impact and uh, just knowing people of right now, like the modern audience, I, this movie would just pull people in. The balls, the uh, approach of this to say I'm going to do it, to, to put the expertise into it. And like I said, the camera is in places you can't figure out in this movie. Because you got to understand, we're also, what we don't see is a film set. It's a it's a living city. Lace of the Mohicans. Easily the best movie of this year. I wouldn't even say anything is close. I would say we have good competition for the number two. But I would even put, I would put Unforgiven as a solid two. The film buff here gets a little emotional. I believe every single category in this movie is so well done, perfected, executed. Uh, it's a crime that this movie has not resonated the way it should have, the way it can. Maybe one day it will. But people, I back this movie. I love it. I believe you are a better film buff a cinephile, a film goer, even a historian, a curator, if you see this movie and you understand it and you watch it and you let the movie take you because this movie is a wild ride. Uh, I get nervous. I get anxious because, like I said, the, the pursuit in this movie, the scenes, the waterfall scene, the, the mountainsides, we get a little bit of everything. Uh, we get the Native Americans scalping people. I remember the first time I saw someone get scalped in this movie. It's striking. We get uh, hearts getting ripped out. We get a... There's a plight of the Native American people in this movie. Uh, and something I dare say isn't much repeated today. Or if it is repeated, it's not very successful. This movie feels truthful, feels honest, it feels balanced. It's dealing with a tough subject. But it's there, and it is perfection. And it is, you only get to this level, the accuracy, the costume design, just the look of it all. You only get it when you love it. Remember that. This movie is a great historical piece, period. No questions asked. Check it out. I believe I saw it on Amazon Prime. All day, all night, my AKA powders. The best okay, movie I've ever seen on YouTube. The last of the movie.